That's awesome. All right. Well, good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing? Doing awesome? Doing well? Man, we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming on Saturday night. And uh, just before we get going on, I mean, hello. Uh, just want to quickly give Shelby the awesome job tonight, girl. You just, I mean, I just, for those, she's a grade 11 student. And there she is telling us old guys how to do it. And I, I like that. I like when you do that, Shelby. So just wanted to say rock on, girl. Aren't you thankful, man, for the next generation coming up who love Jesus? I mean, it's so easy to kind of look at, you know, what's going on. You know, people, other gen like the younger generation, they doing this. You know, if we put a spotlight on those that love God and are serving God. I just want to commend them. Like Marcel, my youngest brother, is hanging out over there playing drums. And they're here early, right? And so I just want to say thank you. Pam is there too. Thank you guys so much for coming. And obviously Kaya, way up there. Everybody can see Kaya? Can you see her up there? Kaya, you got to smile. I, we can't see. There she is. <laughs> And she's way up there. And of course, man, we're just so thankful for the next generation coming up who love God and are serving Him as well. There is nothing awesome. So we just want to thank you to that too. Uh, so if you got your Bibles with you, let's go to Romans for a moment, chapter 3. And we are continuing on what we've been talking about for the last, I guess, well, since January. But uh, we've been talking about grace and faith. And we've been talking about how to have a proper relationship with God, how to have a proper relationship with heaven, because a lot of times... People are just even going, okay, well, how do I receive from God? And what does God do for me? What's my part? What's God's part? Well, God's part is grace, right? Everybody say grace. And we spent numerous amount of time on that, talking about the different types of graces. And I'm not going to take the time to go into this, but I really want to encourage you. I know there's some questions that have come up before. Just regarding, you know, if, to hear previous messages, we have a podcast and also you can go on to our website as well. We have everything on there. So you can, you can hear back to some of those messages and hear those again and be encouraged by that. And then we've been also talking about faith, which is our part. Right? You know, it's not just God doing things. There's also a, God, there's also a manward side to this as well. And that's what we call faith. Now we've been spending good time on this. So I just I want to lay a quick, you know, about a three-minute foundation again. Just even the last song that we sang, but you and I being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is something else. Man, there it is powerful, and it causes us to live a different way. So in Romans chapter 3, is my mic okay, or do I need to change my mic? Is you guys okay? I feel a bit of a hum. If you're hearing the hum, do I need to change mics? Mm. I'll just keep talking, and if somebody just yell at me if I need to change mics, and I'm okay with that. I don't mind being yelled at. I have three kids, so I can take that really good. So Romans chapter 3, and just look at, I don't have this on the screen, but Romans chapter 3, look at again, verse 24. Just to prove again real quickly that you and I, we've been called the righteousness of God. Well, verse 23 says, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. It says, but God. You're going to say, but God. But God, He did something. With undeserved kindness, He declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life and shedding His blood. So in order to even get into heaven or for heaven to come on the inside of you, what must you be? Righteous. Let's say righteous. You can say it with an Australian accent because I'm sure they ought to surface. Righteous. I think of... Uh, Finding Nemo, anybody? Every time I see the word righteous, I can't help but think of Crush. You know Crush, the turtle? Yeah, righteous! He's going down like the, the EAAV, Eastern Australian Current, EAC or whatever. The EAC, and it just hit righteous, righteous! And so every time I see the word righteous, I can't help but throw an Australian accent in there because it just seems right, right? Righteous! Anybody say it Australian? Okay, that was bad. All right, we'll continue on. But God calls us righteous, so He declares it. How is it based on your good works? Is it based on what you do? No, it's based on what God did through Jesus for you and I. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, and you believing in that sacrifice, God declares you righteous. Is it based on, again, on anything you do? No, it has nothing to do with that. So even when people go to heaven, people aren't going to hell because they're homosexual, because they're liars, they're cheaters, they're stealers, they're manipulators. People go to hell because they do not accept Jesus Christ. Sin has already been dealt with. Aren't you thankful for that? 
According to God's eyes, it's already done. On that cross, God put all judgment on Jesus, threw it all on him. It was the darkest day. There it was. All judgment came on one man, and Jesus went to hell for us. Isn't that good news? This is the saving grace of God. He did this, not because of you and I, but because of who He is. He loved the world so much that He sent His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. This is good news. This is the whole gospel that you and I, we're basing our eternity on these verses. I trust Jesus. How many of you trust Jesus? Man, it's so sweet. I trust this man. I trust what He did for me. And the result is, I'm declared righteous. Now that we are righteous, I have one verse on there, Romans 1.17. But you see it in Habakkuk 2.4. You see it in Romans 1.17. You see it in Galatians 3.11. And you see it in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. The same wording, four different places in the scripture. We have to pay attention to that. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if the Bible starts talking and saying things on a regular basis, you've got to pick up what it's throwing down. Right? I used to, you know, Jamie and I, we talk about that. I say, girl, you pick it up what I'm throwing down? She said, oh, I pick it up and I put it in my pocket. Well, let me encourage you. The Bible is throwing down some serious truth and you've got to pick it up and really grasp what it's saying. Right? Is this sounding better? I just sound that I sound a little bit more manlier all of a sudden. So is that, is that a good sign? No, a little bit higher pitched. You know, you, you know, anybody ever listen to themselves after they, you know, did a recording or things like that? Some people just, yeah, I've done that before. And man, I used to think that I had a real raspy, like, huh, man's voice. Then I heard myself talk and went, oh, you did that on purpose. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, that's my voice. So I'm like, I'm sorry that you have to hear what I hear. <laughs> but anyways, Romans 1.17 says, it says, in it, talk about the gospel, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. What does it say? Let's say it together. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now what is the just? The just are those that have been declared righteous by God. So if you, if you are a born again Christian in here, that means you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. How many of you are that in this room? Okay. A few of us. Some of you don't know. But we'll figure that out after. But if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are now called to live a different way. This isn't just about you going to heaven. Yay, I'm free. I go to go to heaven. That's a great benefit of it. But now on this earth, God is not giving you a suggestion. He's actually commanding you and I to live a different way. Because in this world, and I'm going to give you the next scripture, there's really only two different ways to live. There's lifestyles. I mean, if you think about it, the just shall live by faith. Well, what does living include? Living includes the way that I think. Living includes my decision making. It includes my acting. It includes my speaking. It includes every part of my life being. God is saying the just are supposed to live. How? By faith. Why? Why does God say this? Well, we talked about that. Well, faith is the only way that pleases God. But faith at the same time is the only way that responds to grace. He's telling you, and I, here's the secret. If you want to receive everything I've done for you, live a life of faith. This is how it is. How many of you remember, you were, you were, this is how you got into the kingdom, was by faith. You, conf you believed it in your heart. You confessed it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And what happened? The Bible says you're saved. So that's how you got into the family. That's how you have to now continue to live in the family. Is you believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth. And that's how faith is. And we'll start to get into that as these next couple weeks go on. So, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Now, just to kind of shorten this up. What is living by faith? Living by faith is simply this. I believe and I act like the Bible is true. Now, I know I just... I know everybody's really educated in this room, so I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, dumb it down. But we need to keep the simplicity of the gospel in place because religion tries to add things to this. This is what it means to be a Christian. I believe what the Bible says, therefore I act like whatever the Bible says is true. If this is what the Bible says, I believe it. That's it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says it this way. For we live how? By believing, and what else? And not by seeing. In the, uh, the NTE, which is the New Testament for everyone, <laughs> the uh, translation says, We live our lives by faith, you see, not by sight. So this is how we live. And if you look at this verse, it shows two different ways of living. What are the two ways of living? Number one is by believing or by faith. So what God says or by what else? 
by seeing what my senses tell me. And these two are very different from one another. Now here's the thing, you can't do both. Now I'm not talking about you need common sense. When you cross the street, what do you need to do? You need to use your eyes. Like I, don't, don't get weird on this, but when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to what's going on in your daily life, in your home, with your finances, with your body, with your kids, your whole life, you can live by what God says or you live by what is experienced or what these senses tell you. You cannot do both, right? Why can't you do both? Because we talked about this two weeks ago now. Uh, because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't go, okay, I'm going to believe God on this. Oh, man. But what is this saying over here? But this is how I feel about this. What's happening? You are not going to be able to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because you are double-minded, meaning you have two minds. Right? James chapter 1 talks about that. Do we need to read over that? Everybody okay? You're okay? James 1 talks about that. Like, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. But how are we supposed to act? Ask in faith. Why? That I'm not, you know, I believe God is generous. He's going to give it to me when I ask Him. Not, you know, doubting, not being, oh, I don't know if He's going to give it to me. Because a double-minded man is unstable in everything he does. Anybody ever seen that? Just even naturally speaking, not even talking about walking by faith, but just in the natural. Have you ever met with somebody that is unstable or has, oh, what about this or what about that? What happened? They can't make a decision. They are unstable in everything that they do. They have a job here. They got a job there. They cannot make up their minds and the result is they're unstable in everything that they do. Well now in your spiritual life and in your daily living, you can't go, I believe God and I'm going to go by what my senses tell me. Because some of the time, most of the time, they'll be contradicting each other. So you got to go by one or the other. So what are you going to choose? Two people said faith. All right. Well, <laughs> we got a bit of a problem. How are we going to live in here, y'all? We're going to live by faith. Say it with me, by faith. This is how we in Impact Life Church are going to live and operate is by faith. Why? Because it pleases God, but at the same time we get the results. Now, I'm not in Christianity just to be Christian. I want to see results in my life. I want God to see, I want people to see God in me. I want people to see the results that I'm getting. That's the name of the game is the results that you and I are getting from the Word of God. And God is all, He's so for you, right? He's so wanting to do that. And here's a great example. I want you to go to Acts 27, or I'll have it on the screen. But Paul is obviously the man when it comes to this, understanding we live by what God says and not by what I feel or see. And in Acts 27, just to kind of tie in what's going on, Paul is on his way to Rome, and he's about to go, you know, on ship, and he's a prisoner, and he's about to go to Rome. And before he gets onto this ship, he tells, you know, everybody on the ship, the commanding officers, I perceive that there's going to be some trouble for us. I perceive that there could be loss of cargo, there's going to be a lot of things going on, and even potentially loss of our own lives. But they said, I'll oh, forget you, Paul, we're going along with this. I mean, we're not going to listen to a prisoner. So then you kind of skip down in verse 20. It says, this terrible storm, now it says at this point it's over 14 days of hurricane-type winds, right? Coming in, they've been throwing stuff over the ship, they've been, you know, going crazy. And I'm at 14 days without eating, 14 days being in a, in a ship that's up and down and all over. I don't know about you, but that just sounds like I want to puke all over that. I mean, I, anybody enjoy a good roller coaster? Yeah. For 14 days straight? That's a different story. That's what they were experiencing. All right, we got one brave girl here. Yes. But for 14 days straight, just constantly. Now, here we are. It says, This terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last... Now, this is where the people were. All hope was gone. Meaning they weren't thinking they're going to make it. We're going to just die. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul... Now, notice this. Remember, Paul's the prisoner. He's not the captain of the ship. Paul calls the crew together. <laughs> Come in, everybody. Come on in. It's a good time for somebody of faith to stand up. Come on in. Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Just to throw that in there. Should have listened to me. It doesn't always feel good once in a while. You should have listened to me. Anybody ever do that today even? Yeah, okay. All right. It says, you would have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. It would say, take courage. But take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Okay, well, how did he get this? He says, for last night, an angel of, of the God who, to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. 
What's more, God in His goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So, take courage, for I believe God. Everybody say this with me. I believe God. It will be just as He said. Say it with me. It will be just as He said. So at that moment, while the hurricane and all this stuff is going on, Paul could just say, Hey, listen everybody, God told me I have to go to Rome. And in His goodness, because of His goodness and kindness that I'm on this ship, He's going to save all your lives too. Man. So he said, take courage. We're going to make it. We're going to be okay. Man, can you just see? He said, I believe God. I believe that what He said is going to happen. Now that's the attitude that we have to have is what has God said in his word? I believe that this is going to take place. Even though you are facing hurricane winds and they've already thrown all the food off, they've thrown clothes off, they've thrown everything off. How can you be so sure? You have to be more confident in what God says than what you're experiencing and facing. This is what it is to live by faith. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel. I'm only going to be moved by what God said, and that is it. So if He says that He will meet all my needs, guess what? I will meet, He will meet all my needs. But I just lost my job. It is not anything to do with that. It's based on what He said, because we talked about this two weeks ago. We are putting our faith in His character. Our faith is not in our own selves. Our faith is not in our job. Our faith is not in our paycheck. Our faith is in the provider. This is who He is. So that's what our faith is for. Our faith is not just to turn around and go, oh, I'm going to use it on myself and I'm going to trust my hard work ethic. No, that's not what faith is for. Faith is given by God. It came out of Him for you, but it's supposed to go right back into Him so He can get more to you. Do you see this connection? It's just doing this. It's like an elliptical machine. Just, mm, 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 mm. Right? That's how this whole relationship works. Grace, faith, grace, faith, grace, faith, grace, faith. Now, I hope every time you go on an elliptical machine, I want you just to be grace, faith, grace, faith, grace, faith. All right. Anybody go on an elliptical machine? Oh, Donovan. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. All right. <clears throat> so you need to ask yourself this question. How am I living? Who is calling the shots? Why do I make the decisions that I'm making? What am I basing it off of? Am I basing it off of an emotion? Am I basing it off of a feeling? Or am I basing it off of because this is what God told me? This is vital. I know it's so simple, but if we just spent the time, Lord, what do you say about this situation? It'll change a lot of people's problems. It doesn't have to affect you, right? So what we've been, these are the questions we've been answer, asking, and we're going to be ask, or answering these ones. So since I'm destined for victory, you know, God says we're victorious, how do I see it? Faith in who? We talked about that two weeks ago. How do I get faith? How does faith work? Can faith get stronger? And what weakens faith? So again, I want you to go to 1 John chapter 5. And verse 1. It says this, everyone, say everyone. No matter where you're from, no matter who you are, you fit in this category. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ or the anointed one has become a child of God. Now this is who you are before you're anything else. You are a child of God. That's who you, I'm not a plumber. I'm not, I'm not a pastor. I'm a child of God called to pastor. This is my calling. This is who I am first. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children also. Verse 2 says, We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Now, I want you to know this. Loving God does not mean I raise my hands and worship. Loving God means what? I keep his word. Don't think commandments in the Ten Commandments, because I know that's sometimes easy. When you see the word commandments, you kind of think, okay, i got to do the Ten Commandments. That's not it. Loving God means I love his word, what he says in his word. And his commandments, his word, is not burdensome. You know, a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I've, I've had people come and say, I, I mean, I, would, I, would, I love God, but His Word is a little bit dull to me. Then God is dull to you. Because God and His Word are one. And on the cool thing, God's Word is never to be a burden to you. It's never irksome. It's never, oh, i got to do this. No, you get to do this. He gave you His Word so you can do something. If you just got a whole different paradigm shift on that, like, oh man, I, I got to tithe, or I got I to gotta, you know, come to church. No, you get to do all these things. God allowed us to do this so we can experience freedom. Like, if you just saw it that way, oh, 
It's a total different mind shift. Right? Verse 4 then, I love this verse. It says, for every child of God. And who are children of God again? Verse 1 tells us, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ. So how many of you, now I can ask this question, believe that Jesus is the Christ? So you are now a child of God. And it says every child of God, what do they do? Does it say they're defeated by the evil world? No, they say they defeat this evil world. You are the overcomer. You are the victor now. You don't have to attain victory. You're not trying to get to it. You already are that person. Why? Because you believed in Jesus and you're a child of God. And we achieve, now notice this, now we achieve this victory. What's this victory? This defeating of the world. This world system. What's going on out here. We win. How? Through our faith. We say faith. This is the tool that God gave believers, His children, to overcome the evil world. It's a tool called faith. So faith is not a denomination. Faith is not a movement. Faith is a tool that God gives His people to live by so they don't have to be stuck under the circumstances of life. They are now on top of the circumstances of life and changing things around them using this tool. Because faith deals with things that are unseen. Right? So there's things that are going on here and things are maybe not right. God doesn't just say, just hang in there, little trooper. Just do your best. And I just, you know, hang on to that sickness as long as you can because people are going to get, I'm going to get glory out of it. You don't see that anywhere in the Bible. In fact, what God says is, use your faith to change the circumstance. That's what he's saying. Use it. Faith is for you to use. It's not just so I can say, oh, I'm a believer. That's great. That's awesome. But God gave faith for us to use now while we're on this earth. Think about it, you know. We need it on this earth to change things. I mean, you got your eternal, listen, your eternal destiny is by faith. You are believing you are going to heaven based on what you believe in your heart and you said with your mouth. Wow. You're not going to hell. How do you know that? Because I believe it in my heart. I say it with my mouth. I, that's, that's your eternal destiny is hinges on that? Man, that's quite something. So faith is now the tool. Now, here's the thing. The ability to win in every situation is available. Of course, there's still a battle. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. As believers, we got to learn to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Not worry. Not defeat. Not sickness. Not poverty. Not lack. It's fight the good fight of faith. That means i got to lay hold, hold on to what God has said in His Word. That's the fight that I'm holding on to. Now we need to learn how to, we need to learn how to win. And we win by faith. Christians and losers should never be in the same sentence. I'm a Christian and I'm a loser. That should never be in there. Now you may be losing some things in life, but you can change that through faith. Man, isn't that awesome? Aren't you thankful God didn't just say, well, that's too bad. Sucks to be you. No, he says, no, change it. Here you go. I got the tool for you. It's for you. Right? Okay. Now, here's the thing. If we remain ignorant to faith and how it works and how it comes, and really faith, again, is not just a formula. Faith is birthed out of a relationship with him. So no relationship is going to be real tough to have faith. But if we choose to remain ignorant to faith, we will not experience victory. Can I just say that one more time? Because this is something the Lord just showed me this week. Joel, if you choose to remain ignorant to faith, how it works, how it comes, how to grow in it, your victory can never show up. You could be throwing prayers, Oh God, I need, I need. God isn't moved by needs. That doesn't change Him. So we have to learn how to cooperate with Him. Amen? Okay. So, God gave you faith to grow, to use, and to develop to change circumstances. Man, don't, now here's the thing too, we don't always have to depend on somebody else's faith to see results. Now when those that are born again and just freshly Christians, guess what? Yeah, you can use your faith on their behalf. How many of you have done that before? I mean, this is a little bit more of mature talking here. We've done that before. But God isn't designed that you just depend on somebody else. The same way we got a little baby girl, London, she's dependent on us extremely right now. Right? Well, especially more so Jamie, because I don't breastfeed. She does. But at that time, I mean, just think about it. So we can, the baby is designed to stay with the mother. Here you go, you know, here's the food. Just get all the nutrients from that. And of course, I got to do all the throwing in the air and all that good stuff. 
But this is where we, that, that's the, the relationship is built there. But after a while, we don't want London, when she turns 10 years old, to still be breastfed. Wouldn't that be weird? Some of you are picturing it right now. Just imagine some 10-year-old kid just, Mom, I'm hungry. No, <laughs> she's like, stay away from me. <laughs> Mom, I'm hungry. And some 10-year-old runs over there. Wouldn't that be awkward? Jamie says yes. The rest of you, not sure. Maybe some of you were breastfed till you were 10. But you, at some point, you have to cut the umbilical cord. And this is what God, this is why he gave you and I faith, to use it so we're not dependent on other people. God gave you your own to win with. Aren't you thankful for that? Okay. Good. <laughs> now again, not knowing about faith, becoming skilled in how it works, will keep living a life of chance. You're throwing up the responsibility on God to get something to us. Oh God, if you could just make this work. We got a wrong concept again, that we're thinking that God still has to do stuff. When we studied grace and we talked about grace, God has provided everything you'll ever need to live on this earth. Do you believe that? Just think about it for a sec. Do you believe that God has everything already packaged and sent to you, whatever you need for your marriage, for your children, for your finances, for your health, for your soul, for your job, for your relationship? Has God provided all of that already for you? Yes, He has. Is there anything that Jesus left undone on the cross? No, He has provided it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, All things, all uh, divine gifts have been given to us. It's all there. We already got it. So now it's not about trying to get it from God. It's receiving from Him. God is not getting, trying to get stuff to you. It's about receiving what He's already provided. Can you see that? Okay. Now, the Bible says that He's already given it. I need to receive it. So faith is the receiver. That's why it's the victorious tool, because you pull literally from the supernatural realm what God has already provided, you pull it into your life, and you see it out here in manifestation. Okay, so now let's just talk about faith. Faith is simple. Everybody say that with me. Faith is simple. This tool is simple. It's just like, you know, I like, anytime that i got to build something from Ikea, it's not as simple as I'd like it to be. But... Uh, once in a while, when you get a little cabinet that only requires a Phillips screwdriver, I am thankful for that. Because it requires just a screw that looks like a star, and I can, I can do that. Faith is simple. Faith is not complicated. It's easy, but here it is. Faith is a choice. Okay, this is it. Faith is a choice. So I want you to go to um, Matthew, or sorry, Mark chapter 9. I want to show you this example that we have here in the Word. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? I love this Word. And uh, so Mark chapter 9 and verse 14, this is just after Jesus had, the, uh, He was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember, and He glowed and He just shined real bright. And uh, there's, you know, uh, the, the Elijah the prophets and Moses, they were there. They stood before the Lord and Peter, which is, man, this is amazing. Let's build a tabernacle for, for you guys. This is awesome. And so right after, Jesus said, don't tell anybody about what you just saw. And so his disciples held it in their heart. So we'll pick it up. Verse 14, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw, excuse me, a large crowd gathered surrounding them. And some teachers of the religious law were arguing with them. Verse 15, when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran out to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son to so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit. Now, I want you to really think. This is, this is true. This is a real-life situation. I know you've probably heard this story, but just picture yourself here amongst the crowd. You've seen what's going on. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Verse 18, And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground, then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, and when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus does here, because Christians, right off the bat, we start going into emergency tongues. <laughs> right? You see somebody all of a sudden starts writhing at the hands and foaming, and you, oh, 
and you start going to town, look what Jesus does. I want you just to see this. Again, Jesus lived by faith. So again, living by faith means I'm not moved by what I see. Right? Just see this. Now notice, what does Jesus do in verse 21? What does he do? He asks him a question. How long has this been happening? No, Jesus, you don't, he's foaming at the mouth. He's, he's freaking out. He's writhing. He's convulsing. How long has he had this for? So I would just want you to see that the Jesus is not moved by what he sees. Right? He's not moved by that. And still to this day, Jesus is not moved by how, what he sees. How bad it is may be for you and I. He can't. That's not how he operates. Because if that were the case, he'd be gall over the map. And the devil would be in charge. Can you see that? Okay. Jesus asked the boy father. He replied, since he, was, uh, since he was a little boy. Verse 22. The spirit often throws him into the fire. Now think about this. If you, those that have kids. This demonic spirit throws him into the fire to burn him. Or into the water trying to kill him. So can you see the father's desperation? This, is, this has been going on. I don't know how old this kid is, but since he was a little boy. So this has obviously been going on for a few years. Every time the spirit comes on him and he tries to kill him, tries drowning him, tries putting him in the fire. Now just imagine the emotional toll that it takes on an individual that you constantly have to wonder, where's my son? Is, is he by water? Is there a fire? Constantly anxious, constantly worried. Oh, where is he? Because if, who knows? Is he dead? I mean, you're caught, like, think about just the lack of sleep you'd be having. Right? Can you see, see how this is serious stuff that this guy is going through? Now notice how he ends up. And is trying to kill him. But he says, have mercy on us and help us. Now notice these last three words. If you can. Now I want you to look at this right here. Notice Jesus didn't go, man, this must be so hard for you. Stand back. I got this. Can you see that? He doesn't go, oh man, oh, I'm so sorry to hear all this. Here, you know, get behind me. I got this. And he just took care of it. He turns it around. So basically, well, just, I have a basketball for my own just for purposes I like to see this but right here what this man did is he threw the ball at Jesus and said the ball's in your court if you can do anything help us right okay Jesus got the ball and he this is what the guy did he threw the responsibility at him Jesus looking at verse uh, 23 what do you mean if I can he says Jesus asked anything is possible can I throw it at you anything is possible if a person believes he just showed us that the responsibility, God's desire is to heal. God's desire is to deliver. But he said, what do you mean if I can? Of course I can. My will is to do that. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to you. Now, it's a, does, is it possible for anyone? Is anything possible for anyone? No, it's those that believe. He put a limit on it. Anyone that believes. Believe is a verb. It's an action. Those that are convinced of what God said. So the responsibility, if you can do anything, help us. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, if I can? Sorry. If you can believe, now notice this, all things are possible. So you kind of go, well, God, why can't you just do this? It's, it's not, he, you have your side. But here's the cool thing. He opened it up. He said, all things. What situation are you facing this evening? That you're going, man, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. All things are possible. If you believe. Believe what? Well, I, I would start going to the scriptures. What, what specifically do you need? Where is there lack in your life? Where is there something that is not lining up with God's will in your life? Get some verses on that and talk covenant with God. Say, God, this is what you said. You said if this healing that you need in your body. God, you said that by your stripes I am healed. That's what you said, so I believe it. I take that healing and I just want to thank you for it. I'm not moved by what it looks like, how it feels like. I'm moved based on what God has said in His Word. That is how faith works. Can you see that? Cool, Jenny. Can you hold on to that one? Uh, it, the ball is in your court, girl. That's right. It's in your court. So, just looking at these things, Jesus, now noticing He worked, notice how He worked with the Father. He had to reposition the dad so that Jesus could operate. Can you see, can you see that? What do you mean if I can? No, no, no. Like Jesus didn't go, what do you mean if I can? If you can believe. It's not that attitude. It's, no, 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 no. It's not about if I can. Can you believe? Now just finishing off this verse, let's just look at this. Verse 24. The father instantly cried out. What did he say? I do believe. And he even said, but help me overcome my unbelief. 
He didn't have Impact Life Church. He didn't go to Bible school. He didn't get theology and all these kinds of things. All he did was said, Lord, I believe. Help me. Help me. And notice that what happens, you see the next verse? He got the miracle. He got it. People are thinking, man, it's so, how come I just can't receive from God? You're double-minded. Don't put it on God. This guy right here just simply said, Lord, I believe it. I came to you for help. I believe it. And he got it. This guy didn't go to church. He's probably illiterate in the scriptures, not knowing what it said. Yet all he said was, I believe. Help me. And the result is, he got it. Man, I love that. So you see Jesus working with you and I, even this evening. I trust that God is working with you and I just so that we can get repositioned. Because Jesus needed the Father's participation in this. Because if he would have said, listen, the Father, he chose to believe it. Because, you know, anybody ever heard that said, oh, I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't believe that. No, it's actually you can believe it, you choose not to. Faith is a choice. Right? If he says, all things are possible to you that believe. That's, that's a little extreme. I don't think I can believe that. No, you just chose not to believe it. You have to choose to believe. Right? Faith is a choice. This guy just simply made a switch. Lord, I believe it. Just say that with me. Lord, I believe. Say it like you mean it, man. That was depressing. Lord, I believe it. I, I believe him. I believe what you said. Right? Okay. Now looking at this, God now is limited by what we believe. Can you see it that way? God is trying to get things to you, but He's limited by what you believe. You thought about that for a bit. You know, it says in Psalm 78 that the Israelites, they actually limited the holy God of Israel. They put a limit on Him. Anybody ever put a limit on God? I know I sure have. I want to break the limits off of God. And how do I break the limits off God? I believe. I believe everything He says in His Word. Right? Can, can we, are we okay on this? You see that? Is this making sense? Okay, let me give you a few other examples and we'll finish up. But basically, so the question is not, is God, will God do this? The question is, can you believe? <laughs> so God, does He want to do it? Oh yeah. How do we know? Because grace has been provided for you and I. He's done it all at the cross. He did it all in His resurrection. He's provided it all. Now the question is, do you believe? So I'll just give you a couple examples. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. I'm going to just lay out some of these uh, stories that we see in the Bible. But I want everybody just to think. I want you to see you have the ball. The ball is in your court. The ball's not in God's court. The ball is in your court. God's provided it all. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to believe it or not? Mark chapter 2, verse 1. We're going to read this story through verse 12. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, Several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. <laughs> People were swarming to get to him. And that's how you know you get excited about Jesus. Is, and you, I just got to get, I got to get to church. That's what we want to get to. While he was preaching God's word to them, notice this, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their, what? Their faith, their absolute confidence in Jesus. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And then we gotta just talk about some religious stuff here. But some of the teachers of religious law, isn't religion annoying? Just. You gotta, all this you got to read extra. Religious law who are sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Can you just see them saying that all their smudgeness? Right? Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Now, I just even love this verse. Is it, what? Is it easier? Notice he said, is it harder to forgive or to heal? He said, what's easier? So in the mind of God, forgiveness and healing are on the same page. Just as much as we can go to somebody on the street and say, you just believe Jesus died and rose again, you're brand new. You are a born-again Christian. Just as easy it is for somebody to receive Jesus, it's as easy to receive your healing. 
That's how he views it. He says, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your bed, and walk? And then he says, well, just to prove to you that I, the Son of Man, have the authority on earth to forgive sins, Jesus turned to the paralyzed man, and he said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Instantly, the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers, and they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Anybody want to see or hear of these things? We've never seen anything like that before. What causes somebody to see some of that? Faith. Now let's just go back to these four crazy friends with the one guy on the mat. Now what was it? What did Jesus see? He saw something. Now notice, faith is seen. Faith is not just, I mean, we're going to see different examples. Faith can be expressed in what you say. Faith can be expressed in what you do. These men, they, I mean, just a, this, this paralyzed guy, just think for a moment. I mean, this just, I want you to kind of picture this guy on a mat, and he's laying on a couch and asking his four buddies, man, I need some water. No, I want some orange juice. I need a sandwich. Make me a crepe or whatever. And he's saying all these types of things. And they hear that Jesus is in town. <gasps> hey, guys, the four of them huddle up. Man, Jesus is in town. Jesus, let's get this guy. He needs to get healed today. I am not changing his mat another day. We're going. He's getting his healing today. Now, what happens? All of a sudden, they show up at the door, at where the service is being held, and it is jam-packed. People everywhere. They couldn't get in, but what did they do? Oh, no room. There's no parking. <laughs> Horrible parking around this place. Oh, there's so much snow. Oh, man, the sand is all in my sandals and underwear. I, I just, I'm so uncomfortable. I can't do this. Guys, I just, oh, the worship's going to be just annoying. I can't do it. That didn't stop them. I'm kind of hitting home, am I? Am I is this, yeah, okay. Man, they, they couldn't stop them. So what did they do? They climbed up. Now just think, they climbed up on somebody else's roof. They dug a hole in somebody else's roof. And they lowered a man down in front of everybody, in front of the whole service. Stopped the service. Why? Because somebody, all of a sudden you hear this. These guys are just banging. All of a sudden the sunlight kind of peering through. And now they're starting to lower a guy on a mat. Now imagine this paralyzed guy. I don't even know, if, maybe you can, <laughs> sorry, he had no arms, he couldn't wave. But just anyways, all these guys are, they're lowering him down on this mat, and there he lays in front of Jesus, in front of all these religious leaders, says Jesus saw their faith. So what is it that Jesus noticed and took heart in? Why could he work with them? Because they didn't give up. They refused to give up. When all of a sudden the natural circumstances says no, okay, well there's got to be another way. Faith always finds another way. Well, they, they, they said no this way, and they're, they're going to say no over here. How do you know? Keep asking. Oh, well, they're going to say no over here. No, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Jesus saw their faith, and what happened? He said, man, your sins are forgiven. Rise up, pick up your hat, and go home. He got his miracle. Why? Because of faith. Can you see that? Okay, next one I want you to look at is Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 42. So again, the ball is in your court. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. I'm going to just read it from my Bible because that's... <laughs> no, it's not you, it's me. Thank you up there. That's Verse 22. <laughs> then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading with him, My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come. Now notice, what is this? What do we hear right here? What is it? Faith. Right here. He made a choice. I'm believing that I, I'm going to get to Jesus. I'm going to I believe this. Jesus, you come, you lay your hands on her, heal her, and she can live. This is, I mean, other translation. I just heard my dad say that. She shall live. I like that better. She shall live. Okay? Jesus, now notice this, verse 24. Jesus what? You don't see Jesus saying anything. He went with him. Why? Because grace responds to faith. All the time. Jesus just went with him. Why? Because this man came saying, you lay your hands on her and she shall live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. Now we're going to just put a time out on Jairus. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding 
She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better, in fact, she had only gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just... Now notice this, what's this again? What is she doing? She said within herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. What is that? That's faith. Faith is a choice. She could have chose to believe anything. Nothing's getting better. I spent all my money on these doctors. In fact, they can't find a cure. There is no hope for me. I might as well just die. That could be a possibility. She could have said that too. And it wouldn't have caused her to go to Jesus. But she said to herself, she had a belief system. If I just touch him, I will be healed. Can you see this is already working? This isn't just, I'm going to try this. Do you see anywhere that says, just, I'm going to just try it and see if it works? She is persuaded. She is convinced. Basically, I'm going into next two weeks' message. Faith is this. It simply means you are persuaded. That's all that it is. I mean, you see it in the, in the New Testament over and over. Paul says, we're trying to persuade other men. That's all that it is. You're persuaded that Jesus died and rose again for you. That's all that it is. You're persuaded. So what did you do? You responded to that. So she was persuaded. Now look at verse 29. Immediately. We say immediately. Not, you know, five, ten days later. Immediately. Immediately she, the bleeding, stopped. And then notice, and she could feel. A lot of times we're waiting for a feeling to manifest or to take place before we start believing. This is not what this woman did. She believed, I'm going to just touch him. So what did she do? And for her, not only, she was breaking the law. I mean, an unclean woman, she would have to wear unclean, unclean. She pressed in to touch his garment. She said, when I touch him, I might get healed. No, when I touch him, I will be healed. Do you see this attitude? Like faith doesn't just go, well, whatever happens. Faith is convinced. When I touch him, I'm getting it. Like you got to fight. There's got to be some oomph. Remember what I, I'm, I believe this was the Holy Ghost when we said this a little while ago. You cannot be Canadian in your response. There's nothing cool about it. You can't just go, oh, you know, it'd be nice or please. No, you, you take it. Spiritual things, you got to take it by force. It belongs to you. Listen, there's a devil that's doing everything he can to make sure you don't get it. I'm going to take it and then show him that I got it. But punk, you got to have that, uh, right? Okay. Then she, the stability stopped. She could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he turned and said to her, Daughter, that's a covenant term right there. Daughter, this belongs to you. Right? If anything you need, he would look at you and say, Son, daughter, of course. And he says, look at this, your faith. And this is how I grew up. My dad taught me this. Your faith. Your faith. So look at look what faith did. Your faith did this. Everybody say, her faith did this. And this is what it did. Now, of course, it's faith in God. We know that. But she placed it somewhere. Look at what faith did. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So what did, what did Jesus notice? What, is, what, what did she do? What was her faith? She heard about Jesus' healing power. She believed it, and it caused her to push through the crowd and touch Jesus. Now let's just pick up. We don't want to leave Jairus hanging. Verse 35. While he was still speaking to her, so notice now Jesus is talking to this woman right here. Now while he's still talking to her, some messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead there's no use troubling the teacher now. Now Jesus, now look at this, verse 36. Jesus overheard. You know, if you look in the margin, it actually says, Jesus heard, but ignoring what was said. He turned to them, turned to Jairus, and he said, Do not, well, this one says, be afraid. Do not, fear not, and then do what? Other translated, New King James says, well, it says, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. Believe only. This is it. 
This was the crucial point right here for Jairus. Because how you respond at the very beginning of a situation, usually the outcome is revealed at the same time. He just, at this moment, Jesus said, this is vital, because I need you to stay connected. Jesus isn't just saying that, oh, it would be good if you did that. No, he's like, I, I need, I, Jairus, I need to be connected to you. I need access to you. Do not fear. Why not fear? What does fear do? Fear gives access to the enemy, right? What gives access to God? Faith. What gives access to the enemy? Fear. If he can get you to fear in any kind of area, he's got you. But if you can, that's what he said, just have faith. Why? I need connection to you. Can you see this? There's more than God just, God's not just throwing around miracles every once in a while. He needs an access point. He needs connection. God is very, I mean, actually I was talking about this with, I think it was, you know, Gord the other day. We we're just talking about how cool God is that He's so legal that nothing is just kind of, you know, boom, here it is, all is. It's done. It's, it's very strategic how God does things. He needs access. He needs something to work with. He's not just shooting out stuff and, okay, have fun over here. I'm going to throw some stuff into Canada and, you know, I'm going to go to the United States afterwards. No, he does it strategically. This is, he works by faith. So right here we see this. Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus, when they got there, stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. Now notice, just think about Jairus. Okay? He heard, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher. Jesus now, the word of God, is coming to him saying, Fear not, believe only. Okay, I'm going to believe. I believe. Jesus, I believe in you. Now he gets home, and there's wailing. And I mean, these are... They're not just, oh, this is now renting of the clothes. It's, it's a whole ordeal. They're wailing. They're, they're freaking out. Now, all, just imagine, all this stuff is coming at him. Jesus is continuing, believe, hang in. So what are we doing? We're living by what we believe, not by what we see. The temptation to see what you see. Now you come home and now all these people are wailing. They're crying. They're tearing their clothes apart. This girl is just dead. This girl is dead. Can, can you see what that would do? Now I like what Jesus did. Um, he went inside and asked, why all this commotion? Notice, this is what Jesus is asking. This is God speaking. Why all this commotion? Why are you freaking out? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd then laughed at him. So they went from weeping and wailing to now laughing at him. Laughing at God. <laughs> okay. Um, but then notice this. Then he made them all leave. <laughs> You're going to have to sometimes gonna get some people out of your life. That are going to be this, Oh, it just it's so horrible. It's so horrible for you. That pity party, it's, it feels good to the flesh, but it's going to get you absolutely no results. So what do you do? Jesus kicked the ball out and get out of here, man. Enough with you. We can't have this. We can't have this unbelief in this room. Believe only. So he's protecting Jairus. He's not just mad at these people for now laughing at him. He's protecting Jairus. He needs that connection. So get out. I need you out of this room. Believe only. Remember, that's the command that he gave him. Okay? And then, but he made them all leave, and he took the little girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the living room where they were staying. Uh, verse 41. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. How did he get it? Fear not. Everybody say that with me. Fear not. Believe only. That's it. Can you see how simple faith is? He didn't have to do all these steps. No, what has God said? What has He said in His Word? He told Jairus, fear not, believe only. Got it. And uh, just for time's sake, I'm going to just do one more. Is that okay? I'll look at um, Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. Faith receives from God. Faith is the tool that overcomes this evil world. When the devil is trying to do his best to steal, kill, and to destroy, what changes his tactics or his things that he's doing in your and my life? Faith changes anything he's trying to do. And it frustrates him. 
So that's why, I mean, that's why you've been fighting faith for years. And, you know, faith this and faith that. And what kind of faith are you? Man, people have so many ideas what faith is. Faith is being persuaded that the word is true. That's what it is. So people ask you, what is faith? I'm persuaded. That's all that it is. Abraham was fully persuaded. So look at this. Now Mark chapter 10 verse 46. It says, When they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout. What did he start shouting? Let's do it together. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He started shouting. Everybody say shouting. shouting. Now he, he wants something, doesn't he? Anybody ever shout for something? Yeah, yeah man, you, start, you got excited about it. I, Jesus, have mercy. Notice verse 48. What do these people do around him? Shut up. Man, you blind beggar, shut up. You're annoying. He kept just doing this. But no, what did he do? Many of the people yelled at him, but... No, no, just be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. So he's yelling, Jesus, have mercy. People are yelling, shut up. They're yelling back at him. Right? Can you see it? So what did he do? Don't just go, just looking for some help. Why can't people just be nice? No, what did he do? <laughs> I'll out yell you. Now, sometimes in our home, we have that little contest going on. Jace will be yelling at me. Oh, I could do it louder, Max. Go so, bah, bah. so we just have a little. I can kind of just picture Bart. Well, yeah, you think you can yell? Watch this. And then he goes even louder. Son of David, have mercy. What is that? He's persuaded. It's his faith is being shown. See, we don't. Faith doesn't always have to look the same. I mean, you look at it, all these different cases. Faith is not. Faith is very personal to you. I mean, for what it is for this guy, it's going to be different for somebody because it's your own relationship with him. So don't go, UK, you see how it works for me. Don't, have, don't copy that. This is my faith. You got your own faith that God gave you, and it's custom made for you. God will work with you. But how faith is worked and how it's expressed may be similar. But man, it's, 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 don't just cook, it's not cookie cutter that God says, okay, you have to yell if you want it, or you got to dig a hole in the roof if you want it. What is he telling you? Right? What is he showing you? What is he telling you to do? Shout it even louder. <laughs> Have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. He got an interview with Jesus. <laughs> so they called the blind man and they said, now look at these same guys that are yelling at him. Shut up. Now they're saying, cheer up. Hey, he's calling you. Come on up. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Man, Bartimaeus just, <laughs> but just whatever you guys. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. Verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? Now, if Jesus were to ask you this question, what answer would you give him? You've got to be specific. Faith is just, oh, Lord, whatever you want, and you get nothing. What do you want me to do for you? He said. Now, look at this. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see I want to see. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith... Notice again, look at your Bible. Your faith, your persuasion in me, your confidence in me, your faith has healed you. Now we know it's the power of God, but the faith activated the power of God. And so look at this right after it says, Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Isn't that awesome? So this is the tool that overcomes the world. Our faith. Faith changes what we see. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that so good to even think about? Because so what's your, maybe what you're facing and what's coming at you this evening and what's going on in your family, whatever it is, it's changeable. You're not stuck to what you see. Thank God for that. And what did He give you? Here's the tool to change the things that are not lined up with my word. Here you go. Here's the tool, and it's called faith. Now use it to change the things around that you need it to change. Man, I love that. Don't we serve a wonderful God? So faith, again, is not, so, okay, God, just give me more faith. Just give me... No, you choose to believe. I believe that my God will meet all of my needs. I believe that. 
the Lord is my shepherd. And the, my Bible says in the New Living, I have all that I want. Do you believe that? Now, it's easy to go say, uh-huh. Now, let me encourage you. There's things in your life that need some changing. Don't just read scriptures. You've got to meditate on them. You've got to make them get, in, get it real personal. Get it down on the inside of you so that you can say, I don't just know about God. I know Him. I know His character. God cannot lie. God cannot tell a lie. God can, it's impossible for Him to do it. He is a faithful God, and He will do what He said in His Word that He would do. I trust Him. And that's all you're in my job. We don't, don't complicate it. Jesus even said this, I think, John chapter 6, verse 33 or something like that, I believe. And let me just, we'll just end there. I'm just going to give you this last verse. But John, uh, John 6, it's so simple. Um, verse 29, Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Your whole existence is about believing in God, believing in Jesus. This is it. it. It takes care of your family. Well, you know, what's all the stuff that's going on social media? You know, the devil's doing crazy things. Yeah, but it's also a great opportunity for God to do amazing things. But, well, you know, the devil's do, do, doing this in the school. My faith is in what God said in His Word. I mean, I, I can attest this is one thing that I'm thankful to my parents about. I mean, in my teenage years, I was a bit of a punk. I didn't do everything that I should be doing. But in that, not once did they ever come at me and start preaching at me. You need to be doing this. You're a pastor's kid. You better act better. You better act like a pastor's kid. I never got that conversation. I'm sure they wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what? On top of all that, they never forced anything. You know what they did? They simply just believed what the Word had to say. The word they put in the word they put the word in me at a young age. I remember in my diaper, walking around, confessing the word, following behind my dad. He'd be in front of me, you know, Javen and I, we were little kids, and we'd be, we'd be marching behind him and say, I'm strong in the Lord. We'd be, I'm strong in the Lord. And we would just march and say everything that he had to say. The word got in us, and so their faith was in, well, we put the word in them. So, Lord, we're trusting you that that word is, is going to come to fruition. We believe it. It's working. And the result, here I am. What are you laughing at? <laughs> you never thought that'd be there either. Well, here I am. But this is our job. Your job is not trying to fix things. You are a horrible fixer. Say it. I'm a horrible fixer. How'd that feel coming out of your mouth? It, but you have got to come to that place. I, in myself, am a horrible fixer. I can't fix my wife. <laughs> I've tried. It didn't work. She's still, no, no, she's fixed now. But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's amazing. But I'm just saying that in general. You can't fix your spouse. She can't fix me. So what do you got to do? Rather than just preaching at them, you got to do, man, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm talking. This is what you've done for me. I trust you in this. This is now something that he can work with. And even if you've got family members that don't know the Lord yet, your job is not to get them saved. Hello. You're actually, the more you preach, the further back you're pushing them. Just believe the gospel. Jesus, and what you say, Lord, I break the power of the enemy over their life. And Lord, I'm asking you to send somebody to speak love and truth, to reveal the good news for them. Lord, I praise you for it. I believe I receive that. That is your prayer, not you ought to be a Christian. Because look at us and our kids. We need that. You're pushing them away. Just simply believe God. He is the Lord. We are not. I am not the Lord. I never will be. I'll never be God. I'm a child of God dependent on God. That's who I will always be, is I will always be dependent on Him. Amen? Let's just pray. Father, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You that You are working in us. You are working through us. And Father, thank You that You continue to open up our eyes to see our ears to hear. Father, thank you that you will confirm this word, that Lord, that you give us insight into how we can flow and operate with you. Jesus, we love you. We are so thankful that you gave us faith. It's your faith that you gave us. The same faith that you created the planets with, you put a portion of that on the inside of us. So Lord, thank you for teaching us to grow in it. Thank you for teaching us to develop and to be established in this faith. Lord, we thank you for it and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name. And I just want to also make sure, too, just with everybody's eyes closed, I want to just do this even in the living room. But if there's anybody here that has never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, 
If you've never done that before, I want to just make sure tonight that you know that God died for you, He loves you, and He desires a relationship with you. He really wants one. And it's based not on other people, it's based on your personal relationship with Him. Jesus died for you, personally. So if that's you, if you just raise your hand just for a quick moment, I want to just make sure there's anybody here that'd like to do that. And we're going to just pray right where we are. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. Just if there's anybody here. Nobody, just take a moment. Okay. All right. We are all Christians then? Okay, we'll do that. I trust this was helpful. Awesome. So next week, Saturday, Julian, you can come up here too. Next week, Saturday, we have uh, Marty Blackwelder here with us. Uh, does anybody know who Marty is? Marty, yeah. He was actually, the last time he was here is when we had our transition service with Pastor John and Ingrid. So that was about three years ago. So he's actually back in this area. So we've asked him to come and he'll be here for the Saturday and Sunday night. And if you don't know, Marty is a, he's wonderful. He's a lot of fun and uh, you'll, you'll have, a, have a pleasure getting to know him too. Uh, so we're going to just receive our, our tithes this evening. I'll give it over to Jillian here.